You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Matt Morgan. Matt, how's it going, man? What's going on, guys? So, uh, interesting show tonight. We've got Raj who's going to hop on and join us in a bit. But tonight we have Monday Night Raw for November 14th, 2016. This is the Go Home Before Survivor Series. And uh, we also have uh, the State of the WWE special that was on the network immediately following Raw, which uh, was different. Uh, Matt, what's, what's your take on that? Maybe well, uh, I, I absolutely loved it. At first, okay. I'm thinking, well, here's why. Generally, you wouldn't like something like this because it'd be, taught, it'd be general managers and stars putting themselves over when mm-hmm. they they're not going to go in the ring and, and solve the conflict. But they answered what I had the biggest issue with in the fact that these the brand extension has not been broken apart long enough for us to give a crap about the red versus the blue and pride and all this other crap. But the egos of both general managers did its part, in my opinion, to make me care a little bit more. Um, the fact that Shane is actually physically going to be in the match gives it a lot more. It makes it a lot easier for me to digest um, because he does, he will be part of solving the conflict because he will be in, in the match. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like what TNA and Dixie would put herself over on TV. People would be like, oh, God, she's not going to be in the damn match. Who cares? <laughs> or Stephanie, you know, burying all these guys. She's never going to be in a match. There's never going to be a payoff. Or Shane being in the match, there will be a payoff. Yada, yada, yada. So I, I liked it. Daniel Bryan was awesome. Oh, my God, was he good. I love him talking about generate. We can get into so much of that, but it was phenomenal. Yeah. I loved it. No I, and I agree with you in the sense that I thought Daniel Bryan was great. He seemed authentic, but every time Stephanie McMahon would speak, it just seemed like the same contrived, like, you know, Daniel Bryan's bringing up like real good points, you know, yeah. about like, oh, well, Foley, you wanted to wrestle. You went to TNA. He, you know, he said TNA in front of Stephanie McMahon. And, uh, and then Stephanie would come back with like, oh, well, we're going to beat you guys at survive, you know, like the same standard stuff. Whereas Daniel Bryan seemed way more authentic and, uh, yeah. So it was just a big disconnect. I thought it, you're going from kind of authentic to totally contrived, and and uh, it ended up being, in my opinion, kind of uh, kind of pointless. She but, loved, no, oh, sorry. The bottom line is, did this sprinkle pepper on the, on the the dish? And it definitely did because last week we we did not care about which team wins. I'm saying I care slightly more now, slightly more because of the points Daniel brought up. Um, and the fact that there is an actual competitor in Shane McMahon in this talking head segment, at least. Usually the worst is when it's just the talking heads that will not go in the ring and do anything. Right. Well, see, I felt I felt like the, the angle at the end was hot enough that just leaving it at that was great. And then yeah. I, I just thought, you know, we'll just have to agree to disagree at that. But I thought then that this segment, you know, the the – 
state of the WWE or whatever, just kind of brought that down. Um, but it, but to your point, uh, you know, I, it, there was some good and, uh, and, and there were points made, but after three hours of raw, I just thought, it, it, you know, minus, minus, um, okay. Minus Stephanie, Daniel and McFoley who gets off track way too much and needs to be wrangled in. Um, but that said, those two showed they gave a crap, and I believed it. I did. At times Mick can be, you know, believable a little bit too much, but I thought he did his part at the end of the day, and so did Dan. I thought they gave a crap because those two gave a crap on both ends of the spectrum from the both sides of the show. I, I'm sorry, I gave a crap. Yeah, it would have been so much better if it was just Daniel and Mick Foley because Shane didn't add anything. He he, no. he seemed like he was tired, and yeah. uh, and Stephanie, you know, but. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more into it when we're going down the show. But I thought Stephanie was just uh, just just brought everything she was involved with. She brought it down tonight, and then it would get better once she was gone. <laughs> <laughs> and and Shane awkwardly segueing while Mick's talking about his charity work, and Shane saying, "Hey, can we get back to talking about wrestling?" Well, the question the question was about Daniel Bryan. Like, could he work with Daniel Bryan? Yeah. And then he went on this five minute tangent <laughs> about Stephanie McMahon and how what you know how great she is with charities. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. You know, if you watch Talking Smack, tonight proved that Renee Young is the hero of Talking Smack. And tonight, she even was not able to keep that on the rails. Because with Talking Smack, she keeps it reined in every week. And tonight, like, she seemed that she was just sort of a bystander there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that uh, in our recap. But let's dive into Monday Night Raw. So, indeed, this was the go-home show before Survivor Series. We're going to have... SmackDown versus Raw this Sunday coming up uh, on the WWE Network. And they keep saying, you know, uh, uh, what was it? Fantasy Warfare comes true. And uh, I don't know, Matt, I know we talked about this last week. Seems tough to really label it sort of as these fantasy match matchups that we were having week in and week out, you know, four months ago before the brand split. Um but tonight they did some interesting stuff. So we literally had teams of rivals tonight uh, uh, coming together to uh, do some fresh and interesting pair-ups on the Raw side of things. And then the centerpiece highlight of the show, aside from the end when Daniel Bryan and uh, Shane McMahon showed up, was the, the Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg uh, sort of stare down that, of course, erupted into chaos. So, um, you know, we, we opened the show and we had uh, all hands on deck, you know, uh, sort of the cast coming out. Uh, the, the complete roster, and then that went quickly uh, into a pep talk, and then the Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, Matt, what did you think of of that matchup? Solid, good. W was what it need was what it was. Um, the whole show was what it was, um, honestly, for me. Um, but uh, so as a go home to what they're trying to put in, try to put this over as a huge pay per view that everyone should be seeing and can't miss. I could miss it. <laughs> Honestly, I could miss it. The Goldberg Brock thing will not get any better than the entrances and the hype between them finally getting in the ring together. But then the old saying is, and then the bell rings, and I'm not going to care about that either. Um, real quick, uh, to your point about the fantasy warfare, that's really only about the Goldberg Brock Lesnar match. It's not about the whole. So? Yeah, it's not oh. about the whole show. It's sure. it's yeah, it's the one match. But um, yeah. Uh, you know, we have Stephanie McMahon pretty much acting like the teacher again, saying you all are going to get in trouble if you don't win. I mean, it just makes these wrestlers look like total wusses. And again, it, I just thought everything Stephanie was involved with tonight brought the show down. I thought the show um, was pretty bad until 
the the Lesnar segment and then the end segment I thought was great again when Stephanie came out and, and the Smackdown locker room came out I thought that was yeah. I thought that was really good but I, the whole show it's the same storyline in every match it's the tag team partners not getting along and they're yeah. doing it over and over they're doing it on Smackdown they're going to be doing it tomorrow night yeah. it just it's just the same thing it's just so redundant that you don't really care who wins these Survivor Series matches and I think if you focus more on the dream aspect of, uh, you know, of like, oh, you're going to get to see AJ versus Kevin Owens. And you had Kevin Owens calling out AJ and saying how he's better and he's going to show it at Survivor Series. And Bray Wyatt, you know, saying he wants Braun Strowman because he turned his back. And that had been the running theme over the past few weeks. I think it would be way more interesting than just this the same thing with just the tag team partners not getting along. And they have to get along for some reason, even though there's no stakes. Raj, how do you do that without any in-ring act? Like what in-ring action do you put on the show to do that? The promo wise, I agree. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, what do you do? You know, in-ring action wise to, to, to get there, you get these guys just feature matches. And then- well, yeah, you could still put them in tag matches, you know, and uh, you know, you, you could find ways around it, but um you know, they like these guys are on the same team and they're they're facing. I don't know. I mean, I just think instead of I mean, right now, all they're doing is it's this the guys on one, t- you know, on the same team are facing each other and, and having a hard time getting along. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, you just have them wrestle and, and cut promos and, and calling out the other team. The promos would be awesome, especially between Owens and AJ. And the, yeah, I would love I would have loved that, actually. Yeah. That was the best part. The, the last segment was having you know that sort of face off. I wanted more yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the best part, and that's where it felt like okay, it's only been four months they've been apart, but now it was kind of fresh again with Jericho in the list, being able to take Ellsworth into the mix with the role, uh, presence that he's become on SmackDown. I mean, there we saw that okay, four months apart, now they have some fresh material to go at each other with. That's the part that pop. That's the part that you stuck. That's the guilty of the Ellsworth. <laughs> no, it, it, James Ellsworth. Like, listen, James Ellsworth, whatever his name is, cannot yeah. be hit by a bus fast enough for me. No, dude. <laughs> yeah, what I'm, I'm saying, I'm Matt, is that, that, like I said at the beginning, right? Okay, so if we have this matchup of Survivor Series, forget Goldberg versus Lesnar, right? The idea that they're coming together. We talked about this last week. It's not Marvel versus DC. This isn't two universes colliding no. because the two universes are young. But when you saw Jericho start talking about the list and say, "Who's that guy over there?" We said, "Oh, hey." some stuff has actually happened since they've been apart from each other and now this is like the only little fresh intersection they have because other than that we we've seen it we saw it at battleground we saw it at money in the bank every single matchup at least it's kind of said to me like oh hey maybe some stuff has actually happened since the brand split that's going to make this not just feel like a repeat of the spring aj and kevin both being at the top of their brand even though they've done stuff in the action to me it felt fresh mm-hmm. it, yeah it, I, yeah Right. Well, with the belts, with the new, with the new championships, that it, 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 it yeah. At, at the end, the end segment, I thought really hit home that enough has happened uh, since the brand split that you know the the rosters do feel a little different. the The rivalry still feels contrived because it hasn't been that long. There's no, again, there's no stakes, um, but uh, but yeah, it, I mean, the, the last segment I thought was hot. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. We're, we're all in agreement on that, at least. Um, so uh, that being said, so so yeah, we had that first match. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, we'll we'll just go through this, okay? So we had the backstage segment with uh, the scarf of Jericho. I enjoyed that. I, I thought, thought it was great. I thought yeah. that was very funny. Um, uh, you know, I, I I feel like they got to give Chris Jericho one last baby face run before he takes his next hiatus because he is so over as a baby face right now that I think. 
you have him and Kevin Owens feud, and and I think Owens. I mean, I think Jericho could be more over as a babyface than at any point in his career. Yeah, babyface. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Was it? Yeah, his he, most successful runs have been as a heel. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, and as a heel run, his last uh, very uh, what was that? Those type of promos he was cutting. Um, where he's very serious. He just, oh, yeah, with the suit. That was awesome. That was a great remake of himself. And, you know, he's like Madonna. He just keeps finding new ways to reinvent himself. I've never seen him do it as a baby face yet. Remember when he tried that one night when he came back to Raw and he was running around and he wouldn't talk once he got in the ring? And it just, <laughs> it, it just did not get over. And it was like a fart in church. It was bad. But he was trying to heal. He was trying to heal the crowd, though, by doing that. By just waiting forever, like he, they're waiting for him to speak, and then he keeps just you know uh, running around. But uh, I mean, he was trying to get the crowd to turn on him. But yeah, yeah, this is his first real babyface run in uh, since his Fandango feud. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after that, we had uh, the Sami Zayn versus Bo Dallas match, and I'm only really bringing that up tonight. I mean, one, it's great to see Sami Zayn, but what do you, I, I'll say this: I thought Bo Dallas with the beard, like. They could do something with this, maybe a new look, maybe get rid of the Bo Leave thing. He needs to be doing his stuff with his brother. It's so yeah. simple. Yeah. Get him off here, go over there. I don't know. Jesus. I don't know. There's been some think yeah. pieces published lately about this idea of it should with NXT's trouble, should there almost be a, a reverse drafting of some superstars back down to NXT? Um, but I have to say, like, sort of uh, Bo with the beard, you know, he looked better tonight in his new gear. You know, there's potential there, but of course they didn't really do anything with it. You know, well, this is his first match. loss, right? Since uh, uh, since he, they repackaged him or whatever you want to call it, and gave him that that Bo Dallas sign. Yeah. This, uh, so I think it's safe to say that his push is over. <laughs> it was a mild. It wasn't even a push. This was a chance for him to look at his dad and say, "Look, we gave you get another shot," and he and he sunk. I'm I'm serious. That that was not a push. Um, you know, just because he won a couple of matches, they weren't against nobody. But the, the thing is, is like, you need to be paying attention to with this whole segment was I love Sami Zayn. I'm dying for him to finally get an opportunity as a baby face and do something with it. I'm hopefully, I want to see him win the Intercontinental title, honestly, um, as a fan, but he completely bombed in that post match promo. That was horrible. He's trying to be cute. He's trying to be funny and it does not, tr- it doesn't work. Yeah, that's the problem in general with Raw right now is there's too much of that comedy and not enough, uh, you know, genuine, uh, just genuine promo and that WWE comedy. And it just I just don't think it works for Sammy. And and I thought it showed tonight. You guys, let me ask you guys this really quick. I know we got to move on. But don't you wouldn't you think like him doing like the Daniel Bryan type of babyface promo, like wrestling is so important to him? I know that sounds corny, but like I would believe him from that that perspective uh, you know what i mean of how he's been a she's been a journeyman he's been taking forever to get here he's finally here he's the ultimate underdog he's great in the ring like you know what i mean like a daniel like when daniel was was first starting to become a baby face you know what i mean you believed in him and when he would talk about wrestling i always bought into him you know well, right. There was probably an opportunity here not only to put himself over with that but also to put the belt over more i mean he talked about wanting to bring the ic belt back at survivor mm-hmm. series 
but he could have talked about the history. And I think he did a promo like that once, didn't he? Or so, or maybe it was with Daniel. No, pardon me, Daniel Bryan. In fact, did that yeah. uh, putting the IC title over, talking about the rich history of it. I think Zayn could have lifted from that tonight, talked about his own history, the history of the IC title, and really segue nicely into what's at stake for Survivor Series because Miz and Ziggler haven't really done that. They haven't really given the the belt that sense of history. Yeah. 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 You just don't feel like a, it's a big stakes match. Yeah. Yeah. You want, well, you want to see Sami Zayn win at the end of the day and bring it oh, over. Yeah. That's about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Although, and we're not going to be. T- oh, and, uh, and, and real quick for this Sunday on the podcast, it'll be Matt, Glenn, and myself. Vince is done watching WWE pretty much. He cannot watch <laughs> Raw and pay per views anymore. He finally and broke. So, and he broke. They broke him. Um, so, so hang on. Let, let us really go over this, folks. You've heard it here first. Vince Russo literally cannot be paid to watch WWE Pro. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that's what it's coming out to. He, you know, he had some uh, some tough stuff happen. He said he's realized it's too important. Life's too important, and he's not going to watch stuff he doesn't enjoy. So, I mean, you know, more power to him. That's how rotten the state of WWE is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, we won't get to ask you, but you think it's going to be Sammy against the Miz or Sammy against Dolph Ziggler? Because they're wrestling. Uh, it's Miz against Ziggler tomorrow night. The winner, you know, is the Intercontinental Champ and faces Sammy. I want to see it be uh, uh, Ziggler. Um, they both are such incredible seller, you know, sellers in the ring. But mm, I don't know. Did you think Zayn would take over the audience? Like, would get more of the reaction than Ziggler would? I think so. I think Ziggler's already cooled since uh yeah, since yeah. he won the IC title. Yeah, because it's, okay, then then Ziggler. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I, I think Ziggler will do an okay job with it. I think the Miz though could bring so much more heat to the match just instantly. Yeah, but I think Ziggler and Sami Zayn would be such a great match. Yeah. And you know, to replace that. And, and again, no offense to Miz, because I think I'd rather have him as an intercontinental champion than Dolph Ziggler, but just that match, I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah. I'd be a little bun- bummed with them putting it on the Miz, but I could easily see them doing it. Cause I just feel like, uh, you know, uh, you hear the criticism about Dolph Ziggler a lot. And uh, I just feel like he hasn't, he hasn't risen since winning the title. He's, well, he's kind of dropped. And remember, this is the WWE. So literally right up until bell time, it could become a triple threat match at any moment. Yeah, true. You could easily see the three of them going against each other. Um, so we had a cruiserweight backstage segment. Um, we'll talk about uh, the match that led to. I think it uh, makes those guys look like a bunch of jabronis just hanging oh, out yeah. there backstage. You like know? like they're segregated from the rest of the, of the <laughs> yeah, roster. It's like, like the kids, did. the kids table. <laughs> yeah, we give them a closet to get for their dressing room. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's they, they've not. I mean. For better or worse, right? I mean, I know they want the cruiserweights to be special, but I think they're they're special uh, as in a lesser sense. Yeah, purple uh, ropes doesn't do it. You yeah. know, you need more than that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but they, yeah, that was that was just weird. Uh, so we had uh, the New Day versus Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, and Chris Jericho. Uh, Matt, what did you think of uh, that that match and segment? Same as the last question. Yeah, about the last match it so, was what it was. Was what it was. Um, <laughs> It's like we're just doing stuff to get to, to Survivor Series, I feel. It was um, just killing time. Yeah, it's what it felt yeah. like. I, I was happy to see Braun Strowman look like a little bit of a beast. He needs to not pull his straps down all the way, though, and try to bounce his boobs. That should be something he never does, ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so- then, you know, again, this is 
one of the big problems I think with WWE is the titles don't mean anything. And because of that, the matches mean so much less. And you're having New Day, they lose again. They lost last week clean. They lost this week for no real reason. You're not building challengers. I know you're trying to get the the Raw team over, but you could have had them face, you know, a, a trio of heels. Yeah. So I just think sacrificing your champs like that, it's just bad practice. And it's there's something they're gonna keep doing, but it's 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 a cause of a lot of their problems right now. The story, I mean, the story they're trying to tell across the board is the same for Raw. I mean, it's that every Every division is in complete disarray and at each other's throats and they're supposed to come together to, to represent the brand. You know, I mean, it just seems sort of like across the board. That's that's the story. And I feel like they've just been churning through that when we had variation on last week, variation on this week with the matches, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they could do more to get us invested. Yeah, they're doing that same. They're doing that same same storyline pretty much every match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to see it. I mean, actually, say uh, with the Sami Zayn thing, at least there they're talking about bringing a belt over. Now with the cruiserweights, though, they are talking about the cruise. So how's that going to work exactly? The cruiserweights will go to if uh, it's, it's Callisto, right, that he's going up against? That yeah. Brian Kendrick's going up against. If Callisto wins, the cruiserweights will go to SmackDown? Yeah, and I think just with the way that stipulation's worded, it's such an odd stip that um because no normally you just do the title match and then the cruiserweight title comes you know well i guess you'd have to move the division <laughs> but the fact that they're doing it makes me think that they are moving it to smackdown because they got that 205 live show starting that's going to be taped right after smackdown so then having you know cruiserweights on raw and then traveling to smackdown again i think it just makes it a lot more sense to have it on smackdown since you're doing that 205 live show so i bet you guys a million dollars that's exactly what happens it's going to smackdown yeah, but it's, it's going to be limited though to a one segment division on Smack. I mean, it's going to be that, and the women are each going to get one segment. Right? Yes, I told you guys this at the very advent of the cruiserweights. It it will it will decrescendo slowly but surely into a puff of air, and then nothing. Yeah, and yeah. But to be fair, they are going to have an hour after SmackDown. So, with, but on the network, with, with the, on the network, hey guys, can you hear this noise? Because this is what I think of that. Everybody at home listening to this show and watching this show, close your eyes and tell me what this sounds like. <laughs> oh, That's what I think of that. Yep. Well, um, we got to put up the parental parental warning flag. I was playing with my cheek. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Braun, uh, Jericho, and Rollins beat the New Day. Uh we had, uh, I'm just going to breeze through some of this. We had a backstage segment with Sasha and Charlotte. Uh, Sinkara versus the Brian Kendrick, where they stipulated the cruiserweights. Brian Kendrick won that. Then we had Gallows and Anderson with Enzo and Cass. Wait, I, I got like, to say this real quick, too. Oh, yeah, but yeah, one yeah. more thing about the cruiserweights with Sinkara and, uh, and Brian Kendrick. What's the point of having the cruiserweight division when the matches are exactly the same as, as the regular matches? The Sinkara versus Kendrick was worked the same way as every other match on the show. It would a cruiserweight, you know, when you, if you want to make it different, you should have a lot more high flying, a lot more dynamic, a lot faster pace. And this was just like every match on the show. Yep. Yep. I, I feel like we're just making a case here that basically like the WWE could just, you know, they they could just recycle a highlight reel of, of previous episodes each week, maybe and it'd be a little more dynamic. I don't like Sinkara and the cruiserweight division. He's not this Sinkara. The real Sinkara would have been dope. But oh yeah. Not 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 him. And I feel bad for the guys playing him, you know, but he's too he's too <laughs> big. He's too big. Um uh, he doesn't do the flashy moves and he's not fast. He he just looks like he's too big. 
It doesn't it doesn't work right. You have Brian Kendrick who doesn't do the flashy stuff either. So yeah. now you have those two in the ring, and it's just like what, exactly what you said. You know, it's just another earlier early in the night match that I could see from WWE circa um, Attitude Era through now. Not even Attitude Era. I'm gonna insult the Attitude Era with that. Um, I'd say I don't know 2002 on. Ooh. Yeah. Post invasion angle. Um, why not? Uh, well, I mean, why not? Why, why isn't Neville in there? You know, at I least. Know. I know. God, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get it. It looks like a million bucks. He, he's fat. I don't get it. It's very odd. It's very strange. Not in the face does he look like a million bucks for the record, but his physique. He, he looks better with the beard also. It makes him look a little less like a like a wee little man from the shot. It looks like Tony Nice. <laughs> it looks like you should be in the garden chasing away squirrels. <laughs> That's a garden yeah, though. Neville Neville could it could ignite a, a spark. And and I think they need to do yeah. something soon because it's I just feel like it's just dying every week. Yeah. yeah. Um entrance too. Like who, who's that? I like his guy. His entrance is cool too. It makes oh, yeah. him so I don't get it. I don't know what happened. Well, he's yeah, he's like, over all by himself. So um yeah, he, he's not over because of the booking. And so the fans react to him. It make yeah, it definitely makes he's not and they're not doing anything with them right now. So yeah. Yeah. Uh so we had Gals and Anderson in a segment with Enzo and Cass. Um more comedy. Thought, yeah, I thought that you know that was good. It was entertaining. Uh versus the Shining Stars and uh Golden Truth. And uh yeah, that was what it was. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. So <laughs> I think I think yeah, let's just yeah. let's go to the the big one, right? Let's go Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman and Aroa Security dividing the ring diagonally. Uh, Matt, what did you think of that segment? <laughs> I love Brock. Brock, that was one thousand percent Brock, like legit Brock Lesnar when he walked in the ring. The guys were in his way, and he just threw him. <laughs> <laughs> that that's his. That's how we shoot react. That's awesome. Um, but the stuff with Paul was getting long in the tooth it was getting annoying it was redundant and uh, did i am i wrong here but was did goldberg somehow get an accent yeah he he was sound like he was trying to sound like uh arn anderson there like where did that come from <laughs> <laughs> like this living in uh atlanta all these years finally he's uh yeah. he's getting the slang yeah it was that was it was getting frustrating in there but you know Goldberg makes the same exact facial expressions. He's added this new, like, half cool smiley face, you know, kind of sort of does his cocky smile thing he does. But other than that, it was the same damn thing. But again, the entrance and the build up to it, I was excited. I got to say, you know, like they do this with Brock a lot where he, he teases he's going to get in the ring and then walks off. Um, and then the stuff with Goldberg, it was, yeah, he looked in great shape, by the way. I mean, he's not near as oh, thick yeah. as he used to be, which it would be worrisome if he was as thick as he used to be. But, uh, uh Lesnar didn't look in as good a shape as he usually does but uh yes. the, the thing that I thought made this segment great and I thought this segment was great was the crowd the crowd reacted to it like it was a big deal and uh and you don't see that that much anymore this felt like a huge match and and the crowd you know if the crowd was silent it, I think this would have bombed but the fact that they were so into it um I thought I thought made it uh, really, it just made, it did what it was supposed to, and that was promote the match. And I thought uh, it 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 helped the match. So it was. And I think Goldberg, man, I wish he would shave that goat. I mean, not shave, uh, dye his goatee. I think he'd look like ten years younger if he did that. I always thought the same thing when when I, I'm a huge guy. I was a huge Kevin Ash fan, and and um, when his hair would start to go gray, I don't know why I cared, but for some reason <laughs> I did. And it 
I don't know. I, I agree with that for some reason, you know, even though I'm a guy that's about to start getting it coming, like, um, I feel no different, but you know what I mean? But as a fan and as a kid, I don't want to see that happen. I don't yeah. know. Just didn't. Yeah. yeah I with agree. Nash, it's not like a 10 year difference. It's like a 20 year difference. 20 <laughs> yes. I mean, like when I found out my wife and I always play this game of, Hey, guess how old that guy is. And with Kevin Nash with gray hair, we were both like, I don't know, late sixties. No, 57. Um, yeah. But he just looks so much, I mean, so much younger with dyed hair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you're right though. You should have colored it, a little, and especially the way his physique looked. Like that was surprising because some angles he looked a little slo- like I don't want to say sloppy and insult him, but he didn't look Goldbergish to me. The traps were kind of going a little bit, but then he had abs in the next screenshot, and I was like, "What the freak? He's actually in kind of sort of good shape." Yeah, well, he looked like he was in really good shape. I don't know. I mean, how much of that was in preparation for this, and how much what kind of shape he was in before? But no, I mean, when he took his shirt off, I was like, "Okay, this guy looks ready mm-hmm. to fight." Yeah. And, and Goldberg did get some good lines in that were, you know, better than he usually does, I thought, with this promo. I mean, the stuff with Heyman talking and him telling him to shut up, he did that like four times where after a while I was like, all right, you, you know, I, either you're, you keep going back in the script or uh, it's getting redundant. But then uh, Goldberg, he dropped some good lines. So I thought, I thought, I thought this was an effective segment. Again, I, I feel like this is a WrestleMania match, not a Survivor Series match, but uh, it is what it is now. And, and I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, to what Matt you were saying earlier. You know, it's the entrances, and, and it's, it's going to be a lot of them staring. But I think if the crowd is into it, that's that's really what you need. I mean, look at Rock and Hogan. Yeah, and that's stuff that sucks me. I'll, I'll admit right now, like I love the the whole five star match thing, and I love I love, I love watching Cruiser. But with that, I'm sorry. But with that said, guys, I I, I also really am sucked in by the like. The, the the drama of it, the entrances, especially with someone like a Brock, intense entrance, uh, Goldberg, long entrance, um, you know, everything. It's just cool to me, and it sucks me in. And the whole face to face thing, even that stuff sucks me in. I love watching. I, I get into it. Someone's asking how much you think Goldberg is making for his appearance. I don't freaking. Why do? You, can I ask you something? <laughs> why do you care how much Goldberg is making? Uh, how does this affect your life? All right. Um, who the hell knows? Just throw some stuff out there. Let's say a million. No, 900,000. Yeah. yeah. Plus, plus, more importantly, this is the entrance key back into the WWE, more importantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so who do you think uh, – we'll just do our Survivor Series picks, you know, as we're going. But uh, who, who do you think wins? Between those two? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Brock Lesnar all day. All right. All right. Glenn? It's yeah, so boring if Lesnar wins. It's just – why? I mean, I get, Goldberg, I, Goldberg, there is no payoff. Goldberg will I know, back. I know, I know, but it, but you know what I mean. It's just kind of like it's if it's the same outcome every time, I, then it just becomes like who's Brock Lesnar going to destroy this? Time? I mean, I mean, I, at, at least I want it to be a good fight. At least I don't want this to be like Randy Orton, where it just devolves into God. him tearing him apart. He beat Undertaker. You really think they're gonna? Not, they're just gonna let him let Goldberg come in and beat him again? He could have stipulated it. That could have, could have been the stip- Goldberg stipulation. Goldberg, Goldberg, makes no, Goldberg makes no sense. Goldberg could have been like, I'll do this for $1 American if you let me win. No, <laughs> that makes no sense to have him win. Yeah. Unless, it, like, like, let's say the match gets over. Then I, I, I think you should come back. And, and, and you get Goldberg to agree to a couple more. Then you come back, have Goldberg beat Lesnar at Royal Rumble, and then do a third at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know? But well, as that in him. If he does, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I just want something. But the thing with Undertaker, though, yeah, he beat Undertaker, but that was that was 
those were really good matches, you know, between the two of them. And I think that's the key. It's like, I just want that. I just don't want like the Dean Ambrose WrestleMania match where it's just kind of like phoning it in. Listen, they screwed up in a way by having Brock beat Undertaker. They should have given it to somebody that was younger that really could have used that, right? Mm-hmm. But with that said, it made Brock look even more of a good beast. So now Brock is the new Undertaker, in my opinion, that you hold that win for, for whatever the other guy, the, the, your, your, your homegrown talent eventually beats Brock one day, and it means that much more. You don't give it to Goldberg who comes in and out. Yeah, but and, you know, about ending Undertaker's streak, who do you give that to, though? You know, like who, who really, uh, I don't know, who, who really would have been a, a better choice? At the time, I remember thinking like somebody like, like, I, you're right. I can't name him now. <laughs> I remember thinking, what's his name? Um, Wyatt, I remember thinking. Oh, I, yeah. I remember thinking, um, I don't know, like maybe like one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. members even. Um, I hate to say it, even even Reigns, I, I, I saw them thinking that way. I wouldn't have agreed with it, but I could see the office thinking that way. I don't know. Yeah, I just think it, it would have been, well, use one of your phrases, a, a fart in church if you had like a Kevin Owens or someone end the streak, you know? Uh, it, it has to be the right guy, and Lesnar at least has that credibility in that. Mm. And, yeah. and 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 it's it's led to a lot of huge matches since Lesnar was kind of yep. and, and let's move on here in a sec. But you know Lesnar was kind of going downhill there for a bit. You know his his aura was kind of dying off a bit, and I thought that really brought him back. Yep, and his domination on Cena. Yep. 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 So uh, let's talk about Nia Jax and Alicia Fox versus Sasha Banks and Charlotte. At least I I okay. So we talked about this. You know uh, the team of rivals idea. I actually thought this was interesting because of you know as opposed to the tag teams when they did this and as opposed to some of the other matches where it was people that had heat but not directed with each other i mean this is literally all we've had is sasha versus charlotte for months now and all we've had you know with naya and alicia at least with this this was their entire storylines to have them face each other so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah who, who wins that match uh, that much uh, Sasha and Charlotte won uh, tonight. No, but, no, I mean uh, at Survivor think, Series, the the women's uh, Survivor Series match. I think Team Raw will probably do it just because Sasha and Charlotte are bigger stars. I would I would love for it to be Becky and uh, SmackDown, but I don't think they'll they'll get it. I think yeah, I think SmackDown will probably be three to two. Uh, like they'll win the the tag match, uh, the Intercontinental and the Cruiserweight, and Raw will get the women's, and then you know the the big one at the end. I think honestly, it's I'll trade off this. I'm trading smack. I'm trading intercontinental and women's with that. You think the intercontinental title will go to Raw? Yeah, it should. So they'll have a U.S. and intercontinental title on Raw to create what we're thinking right now for about a week before they do something with it. Yeah, because they'll have the cruiserweight title on SmackDown. Yeah, but that's yeah, the cruiser, that's not a fair trade off. Yeah, but the IC title, what has the IC title been since the switch? Is literally been Ziggler and the Miz. It's still better than Cruiserweight. It's still no, I, no, no. Yeah. You know what I'm I'll saying? Like, the they're not like, treating it like a division. It's it's literally been like one storyline yeah, for you, four what months. He said, what he's saying though, Glenn, is you can't have the US and then Connor know they're both yeah. seen as somewhat they're kind of they, they serve the same they save the, the oh, serve I get, the same I get purpose. What you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I just I could see that logic with the cruiserweights going over. Um, yeah. or, or else they have to do something drastically different with the IC title if they're keeping it on SmackDown. I mean, they have to open that up. So it's not. I mean, just... they will. I mean, they just it's just the the shallow depth, you know. I mean, you've had Reigns against Rusev forever as well. It's just that's just uh, 
they don't have the the depth right now uh, with these split rosters. And by not bringing in these NXT talents, you know, you're you have a, a very finite pool to work with. Okay, here we go. So here's the swerve. Zayn wins the IC title. They lure him back to SmackDown. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that solves a lot of problems. That would be really Zane, good, actually. Zane should not be on Raw wrestling Bo Dallas. No. That is uh, a waste of his, his talent and time. Uh, you, so, Daniel Bryan said on the, the uh, state of the WWE thing, he said that Cesaro and Sami Zayn told him that he they want to go to SmackDown. That. Yeah. Love that he broke it. Uh, called him Claudio. Cesaro for what five years now he's still calling him Claudio he was being real you know yeah that's why Daniel Bryan is awesome on talking smack that's why I mean Daniel Bryan is so dynamic and that was the thing tonight it's like he is the star if you give him one of those segments where it's like just go out there and talk he can do it in a way that's really interesting but yeah sometimes and part of the reason why it's great is he forgets what he should say versus what he shouldn't say yeah yeah he toes that line between uh, a work and and his real feelings and, and and brings his real feelings into you know a work dancer and and it just comes across so genuine that you, you feel like you're getting an honest opinion about a worked question you know yeah so uh enzo and cass and gals and anderson overcome uh their differences enough to beat the shining stars and the golden truth uh i think if they would have <clears throat> lost that we probably would have questioned the nature of the universe um but, uh, what, so what do you think with the tag the the tag one so with that you're predicting raj that smackdown's gonna win the the tag match yeah yeah i think smackdown gets it three to two okay way, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I'll, go I'll go with the same yeah yeah um i could see yeah, with the smackdown tag division uh yeah i don't know uh, i just uh, think whichever t- whichever side wins the the, the main event they're going to lose the number of overall matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. There has to be otherwise, balance. Yeah, there's else, got, and that would be the balance. Or else one is the B show if, right. if, if it's an imbalance. Let me be uh, clear. If SmackDown wins the whole, like, the whole thing, they're still going to be considered the B show. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that should be the end. SmackDown should win every single matchup, and then at the end, Stephanie should come out and just be like, yeah, well, you're still SmackDown. <laughs> just, yeah. That is precisely something she would do. Yes. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> Smackdown, the lead in show to Shooter on the USA Network. Um, yeah, no, I definitely see that. Shooter finally debuts tomorrow, by the way, after being delayed over the summer. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we touched on at the top of the show that face off at the end, man. Like, so I dug that and I really like the entrance. I really like that Daniel Bryan and Shane came out there to be confronted by the Raw Survivor Series team. Mm-hmm. And then the Smackdown team comes out from the audience. And I thought that was great, except for one detail. And I want to see what you guys think of this. Bray Wyatt wearing the blue SmackDown Live shirt. Ah, yeah. yeah. Anytime I've seen him do that one other time and it totally killed. I agree. That does his mystique. I mean, come on. It's like when Eric Rowan was wearing the sheep mask, like, you know, celebrating after I forgot whose title it was, but. uh, Oh, after uh, the Finn Balor one, right? When they all came out and did the curtain call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's character, right? I mean, you want that. I don't buy Bray. You just keep him off. You don't have him out there. Yeah. Bray, like, man, give me one of them. Give me one of them shirts. I got to represent my team. Yeah. 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 Bray shouldn't have been wearing it. Randy Orton, who's, you know, who's in the middle of a heel turn since he's with Bray, should not have probably been wearing it either. But. And what's funny is the Raw guys, okay, so this is one thing I really like is they did this around the draft. 
the raw guys looked badass and this was very comic book like where they have their standard uniform but with the compliments with the black with the red complement color you know that's very sort of x-men very comic book influence I, I like when they do that when they're in their gear but it's color coordinated to their brand but so with smackdown just putting out a t-shirt it, but like, i don't think it, i don't think that was meant to be they were all in their regular gear you, you don't think there was a conscious decision to give no. them? Oh, no, I think you watch too much theater. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. You think WWE thinks that much about it? Like Absolutely. Roman Reigns' outfit for this one week? Re Reigns has been wearing that for a while now. But he's gone between the white and the red. I'm telling you, someone in the back thinks it would. I mean, th that's, well, let me put it this way that's the cool way to do it. The cool way to do it isn't coming out wearing a SmackDown shirt. The cool way to do it is to coordinate your accent color. Yeah, they were all wearing their regular colors. Okay, but anyhow, it was predominantly <laughs> red, and it looked a lot better than the guys that it looked like. Like you guys know, it's working for a company or going to a convention. It, it just looked like one of those. Here's a free T-shirt. Put it on. It just not. It's not matching T-shirts. Isn't cool. Yeah, yeah you know? they always just getting deeper. Let's move on. Except yeah. unless it worked for the NWO. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little different though. <laughs> guys please stop talking about okay so let's talk about the face-off yeah the, the, the so the face-off in the ring but that being said okay so with uh bray i like that they had him confronting braun that made sense storyline wise that's why he's joining the team to go up against mm -hmm. braun um i like the little interplay there that they had with each other i mean I, I, for me i think that and uh i mean the goldberg uh lesnar segment i mean definitely the high points of the night yeah yeah, I thought, you know, again, I thought when Stephanie was cutting a promo, I thought it was bad. And then once they stepped back and the SmackDown guys came in, the thing I didn't like is they do this every time where everyone just starts hitting their finishers and taking turns hitting finishers. And it's the last one that gets it. I, I wish they'd mix that up a little bit. But it was hot. It felt different. It was the first time that this match felt like it, it meant something. Yeah. And uh, the crowd was hot for it. I mean, if it, it, it felt important. And so I, th I thought this was definitely the highlight of the show. Well, yeah. and to what you guys, uh, what you know, we were saying earlier with it, you know, yeah, it's only been four months, but when we saw um, Bray, can't remember if it was Seth or Roman, but whichever one he put in the sister Abigail, it was like, oh, hey, wait, I haven't seen that, you know, or I haven't seen that in a while. Like that felt fresh where it was like, okay, we're doing the finishers on different people. Then it was like, oh, this is actually something kind of different than the status quo we've been treated to, you know, for the past couple months. Like, I really like that element of it. It drove home that we are seeing something a little different with the with Survivor Series. Everybody has a height. Those top guys on each show have a heightened role, like the, that that weren't there before. You know, not Randy Orton, obviously, but you know the rest of the you know Kevin Owens, all those other guys have, have a much more significant role. Rollins, you know, they they just look like bigger stars. AJ Styles, all of them. Yeah, except for Ellsworth. Good God, I, he he he. Oh man. Go away. I, I, you know, I like him. I feel like there should be either you could have a role for him, but get him out of that main event picture. And I, I mean, I felt like he was turning heel that, that week when he kept interfering when Ambrose told him not to. Yeah. It's just irritating as hell. And I, now, now I, the, mascot, the mascot, but you know, yeah, but I wouldn't get rid of him. I mean, he's over with the fans, but he should not be in this main event spot. Come on. So because he's being billed as the mascot of the SmackDown team, you think, and because uh, Vince is supposedly really high on him, how much you want to bet Ellsworth interferes? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's front and center. I thought that was going to be the stakes. I thought Jericho was going there when he was asking about the guy. I thought Jericho instead of putting on the list was going to say the stakes were winner gets to keep Ellsworth or has to, or loser has to take Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it would be great if this match had some stakes to it, like a, a draft pick or something. 
Um, yes. Significantly missing from this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna do with it. I mean, it's with the cruiserweight and with the IC belt. They've introduced, uh, you know, some stakes in the lower. But yeah, it is very odd to have the main match, the main draw match, just be sort of like, eh, this is this is the better brand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So state of the WWE, we touched upon it at the top of it. Um, the real moments were really good, but I thought that yeah, with Steph and Shane and Mick and some of that, like it just it was uh, it was not as good as an, your average episode of Talking Smack. No way, you guys. No, no, no. I know we gotta go, but I'm not gonna sit here and let you guys listen. No, I. You, you thought it was better than like some of the Talking Smacks they've had. Most of them, absolutely. Uh, I and, and I, for me, it was because I didn't give a crap about yeah. this pay per view at all, except for Goldberg Brock. That's all yeah. I cared about. And then I don't even want to see the action of that match. By the way, um, I just want the entrances. That said, I thought they did a great job. I, I all except for Stephanie. Yes, yeah, she steps on everything. I get that, but nonetheless, I thought that did a good job, guys. When think in the past, we didn't have things like that before. We just go on the network and watch something where, where they're just flying off the cuff like that. And I, I think fans that appreciate when those moments happen, when there's that blur, that blurred moment of re, you know reality coming over with a worked environment, it makes you question. And today, twenty you know twenty sixteen to do that is very difficult. And there's a lot of those moments I thought in tonight's thing that made me as, as a wrestler, as a wrestler and as a fan, more excited for this. Let me ask you this, Matt: Are they are they turning Mick Foley heel? No, this is what Mick does. Why? Because he is. This is what he does. He's a man's ass something fierce lately. Like turning to her, be like, is it okay if I say this? Or, oh, wait, can I say this now? You know, like just totally That's subservient. Um, does it it, it's life. just. I don't know if he's legit doing it or this is part of a storyline that's going to end up with, you know, something happening. But he just comes across as a fool lately with how much he's kissing Stephanie's ass. Because the fans don't want to see that. The, you know, the creative team should know that. And to have him first get, you know, browbeaten by her, like as bad as he has a couple of times. And then on top of that, uh, just kissing up to her and asking if it's okay to say certain things. I just think he looks so incredibly weak. Well, let, let me, let me answer that really quick. Mick does, Mick did it in TNA as well. When Mick has an open promo, like when not, not, not too scripted or things like that, Mick, and he's about to hit on something that he's going to beat around the bush to finally come back to what he was talking about. It takes him a while, but he'll go all the way around the bend and come back to his point. But when he's, he was obviously going in the angle of the whole charity thing. There's no question. Stephanie McMahon is incredibly charitable and he appreciates that. Um, So TNA, for instance, he did the same thing. We were doing a concussion angle between Ken Anderson and Jeff Hardy when he split Ken's head open with a chair. And it was really nasty with the ladder. It was really nasty. Long story short, I, I was given my brain, I'm donating my brain to Sports Legacy Institute for my concussion studies, things like that, once I pass away. You are? Uh, yeah. So is Ken Anderson. And Mick made a promo out of that once. And he was like, he said it in the middle of the mat, in the middle of the ring. He was like, I hope you guys don't mind if I bring this up. And he was very passionate about it as he was saying that. So anytime you see him do that to somebody and say, hey, do you mind if I say this? I promise it's not him being subservient. And that's what sucks because 
So many times Stephanie has buried him backstage and emasculated him that here's something that was actually real and authentic coming out of Mick's mouth. And, and you and millions of other fans probably question, is this authentic or not coming out of his, what's about to come out of his mouth? And I promise it was. Well, why, why is he doing it? What's the, what's the. It takes forever to come back to what he was talking yeah, about. But, but why build up Stephanie right now when it should be. He wasn't. He was, trying to, he was trying to build. I promise he was trying to build up the charity thing. And that's. And he got but why build that out right now? That this is. This it doesn't seem like the place for it when you're trying to build Survivor Series and then to segue yeah. and talk about Stephanie's uh, charity work for five minutes. That does, just does, didn't seem like the the place. You do that on your uh, a Facebook, you know, when with one of his posts. But to do it when you're trying to promote this event this Sunday and to go off on a five minute tangent about Stephanie's charity work, yeah, you you pointed it out. I think people already knew that. They show that on video packages every week. Stephanie being a heel one minute and then you know doing Connor's cure and all that. It just seemed completely out of place. He was going to, Raj, and that's my point, is that he takes forever to get there. And he was going to take another five minutes, I guarantee it, to finally come back and say like one sentence about the Daniel Bryan question or Survivor Series. There wasn't a place for it, but that's what he does. And that's why you've got to be careful with Mick and giving him, uh, put him in that spot sometimes. He did it all the time at TNA. Go back and watch anything. You'll see it. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, around the bend. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And then coming back with like. But he never came back to anything. Watch the pay-per-view. Shane this, cut him off. Watch, watch, watch the pay-per-view this Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> After 20-minute dissertation on something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'll tell you. Stephanie yeah. did all this cherry to work, and we're going to beat you guys next week. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, there were, I'll give you this. I thought there were really good moments in there. I thought Daniel was great, as always. Um, I thought it was a weird choice opening with uh, Heyman and Renee. I mean, clearly they had to fill some time. Yeah. But when it, I put, that was that was nothing. Nothing new. No new information in that. And I love Heyman, but man. I love Heyman too, man. But Brock's doing a really good job talking for Brock lately. You know? I mean, I thought last week Brock was really good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Heyman could just stand there and look intimidating. For a change mm-hmm. for a little while it would have been cool to see bro yeah it would have been different yeah, yeah. Hey, matt um oh sorry go ahead glenn oh no 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 I, I, I did want to ask you about ufc 205 once we're done with uh covering yep. all this yeah. um but I, I think people should still watch stay the wwe i think we should support them doing things like this but that's and i will say this to it i think anytime they do things like this they're a little more of a shoot that are based off talking points um it's going to be more hit, hit or miss but i think that the more that the wwe does things like this the greater chance we have for magic moments like what what the miz did with some of the stuff that daniel's yeah. done you know, so I think it's good that they're giving people this platform and opportunity. But yeah, Mick is so eloquent when, I mean, he's such a good writer. And I just think when he's talking, sometimes it takes a while to get to that. Like you said, the the beautiful nugget at the end. Um, so yeah, let's talk about UFC 205. I did not watch it. Uh, but since then, so everyone's talking about Conor McGregor, like potentially WWE, could that be in his future now? Matt, what do you think? Ugh. Um, I, I think... It'll, I think a lot of people will be let down once they see how how tiny he is next to an actual real superstar. I think people appreciate he's probably bigger than like Noam Dar and a lot of those guys. That's my point. Like, like I don't necessarily think, I don't even think he's thicker than them. By the way, he might be the same height, and that's not gonna. I'm just telling you his his magnitude, his, his star, like his star, whatever you want to call it, his aura is much larger than what he physically is, and I don't think people. Because he talks smack about like a Brock Lesnar and, and stuff like that. You you can't put him anywhere within a mile of these guys because 
I'm telling you, physically, it's just going. You gotta be kidding me! No way. You, know, you could do. You could do uh, like they did with Ronda Rousey, except have McGregor in the yes. the Rousey yeah. spot and, and armbar Stephanie McMahon. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, just give him a mic. I just want to hear him talk. Yeah, that that promo he cut after he beat Eddie Alvarez, where he said, first of all, I gotta apologize for absolutely nothing." <laughs> <laughs> That's that great. And then cussing him out about not having his two titles. That was awesome. Now, do you think, uh, given Connor's past comments uh, about WWE, you think because uh, a lot of the the wrestlers are obviously not too thrilled about uh, him possibly doing something with them. I mean, who knows if they will? He 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 doesn't seem all that interested, but I'm sure with the right price, he would. Um, you think that's justified that uh, they'd be upset with him coming in? Nope, it won't matter. It will not matter one iota if the locker room doesn't like them, cares, or is indifferent. It doesn't matter. It's all about them making money, and they'll make a good payday by bringing him in. They'll give him a great payday for him coming in. Um, never. It, it's not even not even say never anymore. It's like think of any scenario of not that you think that you'll never see in WWE. I now think I will always see it. You know what I mean? We've seen so much happen in just the last five years. You know that I just don't think anybody is can never come back to WWE or start up in WWE. Yeah. I definitely think he'll be there. I, I 100% think one day we will see him there. And under the anything is possible category, I would like to point out that, you know, a WWE Hall of Famer and a former participant in main event is now the president of the United States. So uh, it's been a, it's been a weird week. <laughs> <laughs> president elect of the United States. So I think it's shown that anything and, in the WWE is possible. And we're it's looking like we're going to have a McMahon in his cabinet. So, you know, there's there's that as well. How, now, how involved uh, in what scope is Linda currently involved in? The, yeah. Well, they said WWE? today that it's looking like she, she might be a secretary of commerce or she's oh, at least in the running for that position. But what's she doing in the WWE currently? What are Nothing. her duties? She hasn't been oh, doing anything right. for a long time since gotcha. before her Senate run. So, yeah. She's better not to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Trump and the McMahon, uh, who would have thunk it four years ago, you know? Oh, my God. We are living in crazy times. Uh, so will, that being said. I will say, I'm sorry. I know you're close. I will always say this. I always thought Jesse Ventura would be one hell of a president. <laughs> hell of a president. You know, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, now everyone's saying the Rock. Jesse the thinks Rock of for crazy stuff, though. Everyone's saying the Rock for twenty twenty. Hey, you could trick people into voting for him all day. Hell yeah, the I, Rock. I, I, yeah, obviously popular vote. Who knows anymore? I mean, yeah. with we're in uncharted waters, so who who, yeah. who knows? Yeah, in many ways, uh, modern politics and reality has become the WWE. Yeah, two three years ago, I said never would the Rock, you know, even entertain it. It's unrealistic. There's no way he'd he'd get anywhere close to running. But who knows now? Maybe. Yeah, maybe not in four years, but I think uh, as as the population and his fan base ages, absolutely, I could absolutely see that happening. Um, so that being said, so I know we missed last Wednesday. This Wednesday, Raj and I will be back, and Andrew Zarian from the Matt Men Podcast will be joining us as a guest to discuss the 900th episode of SmackDown Live, and then Sunday, right after 
uh, Survivor Series ends. The three of us will be back here to recap everything that happens. Uh, in the meantime, Raj, I'm sure you have a huge week on wrestling incoming up. Which yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be really busy. You know, Survivor Series, NXT take takeover this weekend as well. So yeah, keep it locked in. You know, uh, we started a little late tonight, waiting for that state of the WWE thing. So uh, we didn't get to any, many questions tonight, but we will get to um, some on Wednesday and go over uh, the Survivor Series card in more detail 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 why am i forgetting this word all of a sudden detail (laughs) cool matt anything you want to plug james ellsworth needs to be fired (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some truth all right okay uh so on that note everyone uh we'll see you back here next time on the wrestling inc podcast take care theater